Good morning, marketers, and welcome to the Ippy Market Podcast, brought to you by Mountaintop Data. We are the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. I'm Sky Cassidy, and today we'll be talking with Kelsey Johnson of AWeber about how to execute email marketing. Very simple, um, basic topic kind of today, but very important. A lot of great info, and uh, I expect this to be one of our most popular, although the you know, it's it's not like we're doing it about um, Bitcoin or 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 about NFTs or something super sexy. Just something super necessary that uh, just doesn't get enough direct attention sometimes. So Kelsey Johnson, she's the product marketing manager over at Aweber. That's one of the world's uh, leading email automation platforms. We'll talk a little bit more about Aweber later. But uh, Kelsey, for now, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Sky. Um, email is certainly not new, uh, but it's seeing a little resurgence. You know, people are are getting caught up in the limitations of social media, and they're getting their, you know, followers removed, their accounts deleted. They're um, just noticing that they don't really own their audience. They're not getting their messaging. I love to everybody that term. all the time. You don't own it. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, we're coming back to email marketing, you know, especially like for smaller businesses and people just getting started are recognizing the power of email marketing. And so I think this is a great time to talk about like the basics, you know, what should we be doing? What are, what are the basic essential things that you should know or should start with in order to be successful? Yeah. I I love the, the, you don't own emphasis because it feels like we were, uh, Kind of put into quicksand with some of these social media platforms and, and you don't realize at first or maybe you know we're, we're the boiled frog what's happening to us and the dependence on it and what you're giving up because at first you're not giving it up but then they slowly take stuff away and take stuff away and i said to someone the other day you know how when you when you put money into google adwords and they send a bunch of people to your site and then you get the phone numbers and emails and physical addresses and all the info on all those people. Oh, wait, you don't. You get nothing from them most of the time. You get absolutely yeah. nothing. And mm-hmm. Google still charges you. In fact, half the time when you track them down, you find out they're not real people. I was like, that's that's what this has devolved into. But we're so used to having to use those platforms. Um, they're still useful. But yes, I love the resurgence of the phone, the physical mail, the email, the owned stuff. Yeah. Social media is great for awareness and it's great for building an audience, but it's not really where conversations are had. It's not where conversions are made. Um, and it's not where sales are made either, you know, in in the B2C side, it, that stuff happens in emails. It happens in conversations on the phone. You said a bad word. You said B2C. (laughs) We're not talking B2C today, but we will bring up some of the uh, concepts from B2C because they work for B2B too. And we don't have to be super scared of some of the stuff that's working for, um, you know, B2C businesses. B2C is great. Just not everything translates. Typically everything B2B does, B2C was like the testing ground. And then we take the stuff that applies to us and say, thanks for testing this (laughs) out uh, over millions and millions of people. Um, so love B2C, but we're focusing on B2B here, focusing on email. Um, that's what you guys do. The, that's the expertise over there. I guess one, um, a couple exclusions I'd like to throw out. One, 
we're not talking B2C, although I'm sure some examples could be B2C as long as, you know, the technique's relevant. Also, there's two kind of distinct layers to email marketing. You have your top of funnel cold email marketing. Um, and then with that's where you buy a list from a company like ours and you're going to reach out to them cold. And then you have your opt-in newsletter, existing prospects, existing pipeline, um, email marketing, very different, much more similar to consumer email marketing statistically and how everything works because you already have a relationship with them. Um, and that's, I think, what we're going to be focusing on today. Not the top of funnel purchase list area, cold emails, but the stuff that's a little bit warmer, um, newsletter style kind of existing existing prospects. So I said my piece there. Kelsey, where would you like to start with, uh, with all this? Well, let's talk about the types of emails. I mean, let's really talk about, you know, what, what is the newsletter type of email list? You know, we're, we're not talking about cold. We're not talking about outreach. These are people who opt in to your list. So, you know, where are they coming from? They're coming from your social media. They're coming from your website. Google AdWords. From conversations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Google AdWords, if you can get them. Yeah. And it's somebody who has basically made the decision to fill out a form um, and opt in to your email list. And um, the best way to do that, and really the only way to do it effectively, is with lead magnets, right? With uh, offering a freebie, you know, giving away something for free in B2B, obvious, uh, oftentimes it's like advice or a checklist or, you know, your, your sort of top of funnel marketing, the things that you're doing to gain awareness is, you know, buying ads or giving away, you know, free information on social media, on YouTube. Right. Um, but you can create something that's a little bit more compelling. It's a little bit more of a giveaway and use that as a lead magnet. And then people are signing up. And, you know, when you use a, a software like a Weber to bring people into your list, you don't have to, but um, one of the best things that you can do in order to continue to reach people's inboxes and continue to, to get awareness out there is to do that double opt-in, right? So, um, so, you know, start from the, from the top of, you know, the entire process, bringing people into your list. And then, you know, let's talk about how do we keep our lists clean? How do we keep up, you know, what's called deliverability, which is basically, I like to think of it as like SEO for inboxes, right? Oh, nice. Google, yeah. Yahoo, um, Outlook, all of those companies care about your authority when you're sending these emails. It's they almost want... reverse SEO though. It's like, how many times do you say Viagra in your email? Oh, it's not getting in there. <laughs> Yeah. All you have to do is not it's, say the bad stuff when you get in versus yeah. you have to say the right Well, there's words. a, there, there, you know, what you really need to do is make sure that people are opening your emails. People are opening them, they're clicking on them, they're liking them, they're engaging with them. And that's the kind of stuff that these companies track. And in order to keep up that deliverability, you, you know, there's a couple of things that you can do to keep your, what, what we call keep your list clean, you know, keep, the people who are getting your emails as people who are actually wanting to open your emails. So you're saying um, if somebody's using like Google for business, so it's not a mm -hmm. Gmail address you're sending here, you're sending to a corporate, but they're using Google for business. A lot of companies outlook Google for business, probably the, the main ones that when the email comes into their inbox, 
and they don't open it. Um, Google and Outlook are actually seeing it wasn't open because it's inside their platform. Yeah. But if you send to, like, if you send to Outlook and it doesn't get open, it doesn't hurt you in Google because they don't know it wasn't open. It's not inside their platform. They can only see inside their own platform, right? Or can they see what happens with the email regardless of where it's sent? Uh, they can only see inside their own platform, but you know, for the most part, there's enough traffic going to each of those, you know, different platforms that people are using where they can get a sense, right? Even if you right. only send to a hundred people who have Gmail addresses, if, you know, 20 people open your email, that's a 20% open rate. Yep. If two, two people open your email, Google's probably going to go, all right, you send it to a hundred people. We showed it to a hundred people and two people opened it. Nobody likes maybe you. Maybe you're so not, we're gonna... maybe you're not sending the right stuff here. So, yeah. you know, and they'll pay attention to that stuff. And so then you'll end up in the junk mail folder or something like that eventually, because nobody was paying attention to your stuff. Yeah. You'll end up in spam. And, mm. you know, that's one of the things that actually, if you have a good tool that you're using to send the emails out, they'll work with you on that. You can do things to keep your list clean. Like you might not be sending bad content, but you might, for some reason, you have a bunch of your list, a bunch of the people who have originally opted in are no longer interested in what you're talking about, right? What if your business sort of like the thing that you sell or the things that you talk about kind of changed a little bit. And so all those people that signed up two, three years ago, they don't really care about what you're talking about now. Or so, I would say they changed or you're just kind of boring with your newsletters. If your stuff stayed the same, <laughs> you're sending the same messaging and they're like, I don't need to see this again. I know I have plenty of things I signed up for that. I just kind of like, uh, I'm filtering through, get rid of that, get rid of that, get rid of it. Yeah, I know I did sign up for Simon Sinek's morning um, inspirational message, but turns out that was a mistake. And I'm not going to bother. I'm just going to delete it every day. It's like, yeah, if they're doing that to you, then it can be uh, the same effect, I guess. Yeah, definitely work on providing good content each time that you send out an email. Make sure that it's going to be interesting to the people who signed up for your list. Um, but, you know, you you can also just sort of get, you know, take some of these people off your list. Now, one of my biggest pet peeves with our customers, with lots of people who talk about email is this sort of vanity metric of having a big number on, on your list. When it really comes down to it, especially with B2B, what you really want is people who are going to buy from you, right? You want those very good, high quality leads on your list and you wanna be nurturing them. You wanna be sort of building up that relationship with them so that when it comes down to pitch time, when it comes to I'm having my sale or now's the time for you to sign up for our service or you know, we are, have something brand new that we know you're gonna love, those are the people who are actually going to buy from you at that point. Are you saying that having like 2000 people who, who aren't really interested, maybe aren't even quite your target, haven't, don't open your emails anymore. Um, is it not only is it a vanity that's not good, but it seems like based on what you're saying about deliverability before it actually hurts the 50 people who are potential buyers and might not even get your message because of these vanity people. Yeah, exactly. And if you think even about what 
you want to start writing in your new emails or new services or you know features that you want to build or offer to your customers, um, those 2,000 people are going to sort of skew your ideas about who your ideal customers are. But if you can hone in mm. on who those 50 people are and what they have in common and what they like about your business, you can use that to actually direct your own business and make it better and find more of those people. So you're you saying, know? here's our audience of 2,500. The vast majority of them are in XYZ industry. But if you break it apart, you'll find out the 50 that actually interact with you are in a different smaller niche, like your actual customers are not being represented and it might cause you to write to the wrong people, like make your yeah. content for the 2000 who are unresponsive instead of the 50 who are actually clients buying. Yeah. And oh. one of the best things to make your emails interesting is being specific. Um, I think one of the biggest things, and I, I know we weren't necessarily going to go into content today, but one of the biggest things that um, businesses, especially like smaller businesses, it's so hard. I've worked with small businesses for 10 years. And when you're a small business, first of all, you have the thing you're actually good at, right? That's the thing that you're offering. That's the service that you're providing or, or you know, the product that you're building or whatever it is. That's the thing you're good at. You're not necessarily good at marketing. You know, it's hard. Marketing's really hard. And these big companies who are being really successful, they have huge teams. That's well, why they have marketing agencies that are just good at marketing. Yeah. They have internal teams that hire marketing agencies yeah. to help them with marketing. Like it's just, they have designers, they've got tech teams and it's so hard as a small business to compete, but how you really compete is by finding that niche, right? Focus. Yep. I am the person who is the best at doing this for this particular group. Well, and I and like to say actually... also, it doesn't have to be, this is the only thing we're marketing to, but really, if you want to keep your content interesting one week, it's, you mentioned this, you know, going to a consumer thing. I've told people, cause we have this on top of funnel side too. People like, but I want to reach this whole audience. I'm like, great. You can send the message to the whole audience, but some of them are going to have specific interests. So one week, you know, again, the consumer thing, if you're selling purses and you just say, we have purses for sale. Okay. But if you name a specific brand or make and model of purse, everybody has purses. Who gives a crap? Now, all of a sudden you're like, we have Louis Vuitton purses for sale on sale this week. People who love Louis Vuitton are going to pay attention to that, but not the random generic purse name. It's like, get really specific, a specific Louis Vuitton purse that you have one of in stock or something like that. And then, yeah, you get that week's person's attention like you're not going to get everybody with every message but sorry i'm kind of stepping on exactly what you were saying probably no no you're the guest um, here what or am i even, doing or even like more specific than that like this is the louis vuitton that's good for travel that will mm -hmm. make you look good in paris and milan yes are you going to are you going to paris and milan once or a year even if they just love it they see the words paris and milan and they're like ooh. or this is the purse that was has been on the red carpet at the con film festival because that's coming up the most and suddenly <laughs> yes you get that niche of not just the specific purse but people who love that particular it gets their attention yeah okay so you're getting on to, like to a really really good point that i'm really excited to talk about so the first step right is to let go of all of those subscribers who don't 
care about you, who don't open your emails, who don't like what you have to offer. One and all you have thing to- on that. Do you just mm-hmm. let go of them? Do you hibernate them and just send to them less frequently? Is it some sort of hybrid where you slowly send them less frequently until you get rid of them? Oh, yeah. Let's... So there's, there's like in a, in an email marketing platform, there's a subscribed status and then there's an unsubscribed status. And with most emails, I think it's legally required to allow people to unsubscribe in some way, um, usually just with the click of a button. And so the people can unsubscribe themselves, but you can also unsubscribe people. So you can take a look at, you know, from the past six months, all of, you know, this person literally hasn't opened an email from me in a year and a half. I am going to unsubscribe them. And so you can take, you know, you can do just a basic search and this is not something that you have to be tech savvy to know about. Um, you can do a basic search, find those people. And I would, what you called hibernate them, you know, put them into an unsubscribe status for, you know, and send them a very slow cadence of maybe even test out some emails and the ones that are like really compelling, really popular, shoot those ones out to your unsubscribes maybe once a month. Um, but then I would say once you've tested out that audience and you tried to get people back into the um, group, really, where you are, uh, you know, sending them out actively, let them let them go all together. Um, you send just, a breakup email like, hey, we're going to let you go because you're not opening our stuff. It's a good idea. Yeah. It's actually a pretty good way to get people opted back in. And I don't know if you, as a, as an email consumer, (laughs) I've definitely been like, when they're like, Oh, we're going to let you go. I'm like, no, no, no. Yep. (laughs) I might still be interested in this. (laughs) I I know I've been, I do that with sales too. The person's like, look, we gave you these numbers two months ago and you haven't been replying. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I've been busy. I mean to it. I'm not, I'm not ready yet. So you don't give them the courtesy of a reply. You're just like, I'll reply when I'm ready. But then when they're like, look, I'm going to leave you. If you don't reply, you're like, Whoa, I'm I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's like, that's talking to a point, which is basically, you know, with B2C, a sales funnel is a a moment, right? Oh, I like purse. Maybe I'll think about purse for a couple of days, but probably not. If I have the money, I'm probably going to go right there, buy the purse, get the purse delivered to me, especially with e-commerce. But B2B is the sales funnel can be two years. And even if you have like a not very expensive product, somebody can be on your email list and not even opening your emails, but still thinking about what you offer for one, two years, six yep. months. And so that time. breakup email might be a good way for you to gauge that funnel and be like, oh, you know, I should keep people around for two years and still just send them, you know, uh, maybe a Christmas email or maybe a, I've identified people don't really get as many emails in, I don't know, March, let's say, or, or right. uh, January, people get fewer emails just because it's like after the onslaught of the holidays, like I'll, I'll just send everybody an email January. Hey, it's the new year. Still interested right. in being on my list. You know, if you're not, that's okay. One of my <laughs> favorites uh, is at a random time, ways. just it's not me, it's you. You aren't <laughs> opening my emails and it's hurting deliverability. I'm going to have to cut you if you don't start giving showing some activity. Um, you really know how to build that relationship, you know, yeah. that, uh, that personality. <laughs> okay. So uh, let me see. We touched on content. Yeah. We, well, we talked, so we talked about, um, you know, the breakup. 
um, breaking up with the people who you're not, you're not right for anymore, which is okay. All part and of then keeping the list clean, making sure you have high yeah, deliverability. Keeping the list clean, keeping your deliverability up, you know, just getting those basics. That's a real basic that a lot of people miss is, is mm. keeping the, you know, the cleanliness of that list up. Um, so then next up, let's talk about those niches that you're talking about, right? Because what we then talked about is like, Hey, as a small business owner, I need to kind of niche down and not just my audience, but also my emails also, you know, be more specific in specific ways. And what you'll find is, you know, you can't really categorize everybody who's, you know, interested in you into one category, but you can start to break them out into separate categories, right? So uh, Louis Vuitton, back to our Louis Vuitton, which is of course B2C, but um, Louis Vuitton, you know, people who travel might be different than people who just, you know, want to have it to show off in the, you know, when they got to dinner in Los Angeles. So you can have your email that's about the travel Louis Vuitton and one that's about the club of Louis Vuitton and one's about. Well, and, and then when the, when people engage with that travel, Louis Vuitton, you can segment them. You can add Mm. tags. You can add information into like there, each person who's on your list. If you use a software like Aweber, each person has a bunch of information associated with them. You know, their location, you know, um, you know, if you have a form that they filled out, you maybe you asked them a few questions about themselves. You can keep all of that information and categorize people based off of it. This, but this is getting also- pretty email highfalutin here. You're saying like, okay, now every time you're sending like, oh, they open this email. And I imagine the email has the tags and maybe they're automatically attributed if they act on it. Or is this something yeah. that's manual? So it, it does seem sort of highfalutin, as you call it. <laughs> it's like sophisticated. So real tech. Uh, complicated. But it's not. I mean, when when you start, what it really is, is a tag. So if you think about like, let's say a spreadsheet, if you have somebody's name and then email address in that third column, you can say, you know, uh, male or female, right? And, you know, half half or, or you know, male, female um, or non-binary, let's say. Right. So like, you know, good, good segment of people are female, good segment are male, you know, maybe a smaller segment is non-binary, but that is basically a tag that you've attributed to right. those people and um, male female is actually not a great one <laughs> anymore because it doesn't really matter but it's you know that's an example of you're just associating a third category other than just their name and their email a sort of yes no i you know this location it us based or non us based right. is probably a good one and what you can do is you know tag a bunch of people in your email list based off of traveler or non-traveler, let's say. Mm -hmm. And you can also really, really easily with email software, attribute tags to people based off of what they do. So this person clicked on this link, they get this tag. You could even ask a question in an email, like, hey, do you you don't have to go and type in tags on all these. You can, no, it's, it's automated. It's automated. And it's one of the best ways to, as a small business, you know, when you don't have that huge team and big businesses are doing this too. I'll tell you like Domino's knows what? that I like gluten-free <laughs> pizza, that I live in Denver. They probably know that I eat it about once a month, but not more than that, you know, like. But when they're doing it at like the big data analytics level almost too. They probably have data from what you buy at the grocery store that they're applying to say, oh, she's gluten-free because she's bought these products as many times. 
Yeah, but it the cool thing and the thing that's so exciting for me about software for small businesses is you can scale that down and still get that information about your followers and not more than you even need as a small business. So if they have big data, this is just small data, you know, right. and it's, and it's not hard. It's very, very easy to learn how to do this stuff. It's not code. It's not spreadsheets. It is just an option in your software where you say, if this person clicks this, give them this tag. And it's nice. a, it's a cool way for you to, you know, find your niches, create content that's like really interesting for them, that's really specific, that's talking about those specific things, and even only send emails to that specific segment of people that you already know has that categorization. I love that because you're reducing friction. You're saying I have 5,000 people in my newsletter. These 2,000 haven't opened anything, so they're going to get a once a year breakup email now. But these 200 are tagged because they opened a specific email in the past on, again, let's go Louis Vuitton. I don't know any other purse brands. Um, <laughs> Me neither, on, actually. <laughs> <laughs> they have some good branding. I don't know what they've done, but people who don't know them, that's all they know. Um, are you on this a, email list, Sky? It is a purse, right? <laughs> it, could be, it could be a shoe. I um, so these people have opened this email with a specific content. So maybe you have a general newsletter you send out to everyone, but you could have a specific campaign you send out or multiple versions of a campaign. And depending on the tags, different people get different creative. Oh, well, this group is going to get the uh, XYZ brand, Acme brand purse email, but this group's going to get the Louis Vuitton specifically because we know they're down with that kind of. Yeah. And let me give you another example. So like, let's think about website designers. Website designers are, that's a B2B business. It's, you know, there's a, a lot of people who do this and it's very much a service that they're offering. But a website is a thing that every, like everyone has one mm -hmm. or every business has one. So, you know, you could niche down and you could say, listen, I design websites for home service businesses. I only specialize in anyone who's like HVAC or flooring or, you know, carpet, mm. those types of businesses are what I build websites for because Wait I know a how second. To build really good websites. But I feel them. like, so you can know that from a company like that, from a data company that here's the industry. Um, but then you're saying I build websites here's five different industries. I'm going to tell each one that I specialize in their industry. And now maybe you have somebody in your company that does specialize in each. So let's pretend you're not being deceptive. Um, <laughs> so not the tagging can be done. It sounds like live based on feedback, but you could also do it based on known information. Like I know these companies are in these industries, so I'm going to pre tag them and give them content saying, Hey, I, I can build law firm websites so specifically right. for the law firms. So well, you have to think about how these people are coming in. So if you offer law firm websites, which a lot of companies do, then you probably have SEO surrounding law firm websites. And you probably have SEO surrounding or even pay-per-click 
click campaigns, maybe you're doing some social, but it's all focused around your niche. Now, a website designer doesn't have to just do law firm websites. They can do whatever they want. They have just chosen that niche and they're using it to drive their marketing. And so they might have a you know, service page that's law firm websites, but they might have a service page that's family law websites. Right. And anyone who's a family lawyer looking mm. for a website is probably going to hit that page. And if they get a pop-up on that page that says, hey, do you want um, 10, 10 essentials for converting using, you know, for converting on your family law website, that's the lead magnet, then you know, because you put that form on that specific page, that that person is a family lawyer, likely. Right. Or but they're looking if, for a family law website. So versus the messaging where you're like, I do website, you like, we make business. And you're like, okay, that's <laughs> not very attractive. I'm going mean, to choose the can, guy who says he it's... does family law specifically <laughs> versus uh, versus that Yeah, one. you can. You're just, your emails are going to be more boring. Your uh, SEO is going to be less effective. I mean, you're at that point, you're competing for, I, you know, website builder or you know website service yeah it, you're just not gonna rank oh, are you selling gonna... louis vuittons or are you saying uh, i make bag to carry phone like, all right <laughs> yeah. that's i don't know if i'm buying a purse from that and then people. every newsletter it's uh here's another here's a bag yes. you know here's another bag <laughs> yes. Here, here's a third bag uh, maybe oh, you more bags for you yeah. but <laughs> instead of phone you're like i make bag to carry money to carry potato like you can vary it around, you know, <laughs> that's yeah. the wrong type of segmenting if you're doing that people. Um, yeah. And, and so just start small, just think about two different groups. If you're thinking about right. segmenting, but if you've got a really good niche, you can just start with not segmenting at all. But the point is that it's actually really easy to segment. So if you're worried that you're not going to have a big enough audience because your niche is too small, that's where segmentation, you can expand that audience a little bit and then find those different segments. Well, and here's an, an example, even without, if you business is a niche, niche, your, your customers aren't necessarily. So they'll right. have, you know, one, one customer likes dogs, another likes cats. So instead of saying, we love puppies, maybe you send out one email, we love puppies, another, we love cats. And you categorize people, you tag them based on what they respond to. And now you only hit these guys with the puppy ones and these guys with the cats. And then you have a mix or maybe you right. have a general market, but then you have one niche thing you can send. And, and there's some people you send the general to, and then other people you've set aside to get them more specific because you know something about them, you know, that they, you know, are in Pittsburgh and they're Steelers fans. So you're going to mention the Steelers every time or whatever the hell it is. Right. Um, and you can actually, to that point, you know, you can now go down into what's called personalization. And that's where you pull a specific element into an email. And let, I've got a really good example, right? I have a dog. My dog's name is Jetta. I take her to the vet. My vet sends me tons of newsletters and I open every single one. And you know why it says, um, how's Jetta doing? Or we've got like, here are five tips for knowing when you should brush Jetta's teeth or See, I would write the email Jetta to Jetta. the right treats, you know, like they just, hmm. they know my dog's name and they use it in their subject lines. They use it in their emails. They have 
you know, it's a vet. So they have cats and dogs. I don't know. Maybe they do hamsters too, or gerbils or whatever, but every email I get is just advice for dogs because they know I have a dog. If I had a cat, I'd probably bring it to the vet and they would send me emails for dogs and cats. They get really confused then. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So did you name your dog after your car? Where does she no, <laughs> no, I didn't name my dog after my car. I, uh, I have a rescue who already had a name when I got her. So I'm not quite a car person, but it really does seem like that based off my dog's name. Doesn't wow. It? She really loves that's an obscure car to love. I so would have named her Louis Vuitton. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it doesn't roll off the tongue though. Uh, no, 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 no. It's really, it's, it's worked out better. So tip for your, um, your vet. And here's an example for, for the listeners with email where your vet's doing a great thing. You can make little improvements. So when you talk about automations or, or tagging or any of these things, it's not, Hey, you have to set up 500 tags. So everybody gets a personalized, individualized email. No, no, just do one thing. And then eventually look to split off a segment and do two or do one plus a segment for, for people who are existing customers um, type of a thing. But I would say your vet, could up their email game by instead of saying, Hey, uh, it's Jedi, Jedi, Jedi's time for uh, a checkup, write the emails to your dog and say, Hey, Jedi, tell Kelsey, it's time for your checkup. <laughs> let, let I'll your, send them your way. <laughs> let your pet Kelsey know that uh, it's her time to come in <laughs> as if uh, your dog is, is the uh, boss. Does Kelsey um, love you enough? Yeah. <laughs> if so, she's giving you these three tweets. <laughs> exactly. She hasn't been bringing you in and we're worried she might be neglecting you. Please blink if you're being neglected. Um, you oh can have gosh, fun with emails. Yeah. That would be I would fun. say that's the kind of email back to the where we started here. And I can't believe time's flying. We're definitely going to have at least part two of this. That's the sort of email that is probably going to get people to open the next email also, because they're wondering what's going to be here. Um, and it's generic across everybody, except for that your dog lovers, you have a dog. It's probably not, you know, something that you uh, are um, forced into. And, uh, and so they can make an interesting creative that makes you want to open it up. One of the tricks I like to recommend to people, if they can't think of an interesting angle, because you're great at something and it's probably not marketing and copywriting um, is just, just use a snapple cap technique where it's like, okay, they might not be interested in your content, but maybe they're interested in some trivia. That's even not related to what you do. Just random trivia, even that gets them. It's the spoonful of sugar that gets them to say, Oh, this is an email from my insurance agent. They have great commercials, uh, insurance companies. Um, I really don't care about it, but I do want to see what the little quick fun trivia thing is they put in the top. So I'll open it to see that. Boom. You got your open. Awesome. You know, helps, helps your deliverability. And uh, all you have to do is come up with a new, you know, Snapple factoid once a month or however often you send and it keeps them interested. Yeah. I was just listening to actually pitch for your show. I was listening to your episode on humor and copywriting recently And that's a, that's a really good thing to do too. You know, we take our own businesses. So (laughs) that's the book Dan sent me the book and just to prove he wrote in it and the inside. Yes. 
but then there's there's a spelling error somewhere in the middle of this there's a typo and he Did like he highlight it he went in circled it and like drew in the book where there was errors individually look at that uh-oh he cursed too uh-oh oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we got a word spelled wrong um so yeah um, great episode. yeah that's yeah really great episode and you know listen to that but also like we take our businesses so seriously and it's totally understandable why right it's how you make your money it's what you put your whole heart and soul into uh you are constantly potentially at risk of it going under or trying to come up with new ideas or you know trying to grow it without pulling your hair out and you know most people also have families to take care of and you know you got to eat sometimes too and so like when you go to write these emails you're like okay how do I get people to buy Mm -hmm. and if you can just take a breath and try to have a little bit more fun with it it's like it's just going to make people open your emails and it's going to make them like you more and it's it's one of the best things you can do for your deliverability, but it's really one of the best tactics. Yeah. And it makes you enjoy it more. You don't dread writing an email copy because you're like, oh, well, here's a fun little idea. Let me try this. So what if it's lame? Yeah. And some people tell you that was stupid. Other people yeah. will say that's the funniest thing I ever saw. And you're like, really? Because I thought it was lame. And still half the people responded to it. Just putting I've something got lame in. I mean, <laughs> I've got a trick for that too. And especially for people who aren't necessarily super creative or, you know, don't just constantly think of fun things all day long, which is just, nobody really does. But like, if you're not thinking of how to be funny all day long, that's all I do. Come on. (laughs) Well, not you, Sky, obviously, but you know, most people are. Have you seen my hair? Um. Sign up for other people's email lists and see what you like there. Yeah. And just copy it. Like you don't have to copy it word for word. That's probably plagiarism, but yeah, copy change the elements of it. Mist- you know what I something. mean? <laughs> see, see if you can find like what do you find funny? And you have your own personality. Put your personality into your emails. If you find it funny, even if it's a dad joke, like you know, maybe not everyone's gonna like it, but I'll tell you, the people who like dad jokes love <laughs> dad jokes, and maybe that's your niche. You know, people who and need websites but who also love dad jokes. If you don't, which would be a great subject line for a um, an email. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have a personality, like you said, steal someone else's, borrow yeah, the creative from someone else's. else. Read Dan Nelkin's book. Oh my God amazing on humor and copywriting uh, so another plug for dan here saying um yeah i came on to plug dan's book so <laughs> <good>. <laughs> like if you're analytical and you feel like you don't know how to do humor maybe you're german i don't know but he gives like equations for making comedy at that work like here's what you do you put these word combination these and these and then boom funny happens and you're like oh wow yes this actually I, he gives you very specific techniques um or just like we did campaigns where we went and got Laffy Taffy jokes because they're the worst mm-hmm. jokes in the world. And we just started with those, mm-hmm. you know, Snapple caps, Laffy Taffy jokes. All right. Put something in there and then have your boring content below. And so what, what we'll have to talk about next time is how to test that with your mm-hmm. audience and how to, you know, you can try everything, but if you get your testing down, then you can figure out what really works. Yes. Cause you don't know, A, B, A, A through Z test, find out what they 
react well to give them more of that um mm. time flies here unbelievable kelsey we touched on practically nothing it feels like hopefully the audience got a lot they took away we haven't even talked about you and we don't have any time like kelsey johnson this is her she's exuding personality so we don't have to talk too much about her i feel like people got a good feel for who uh, you I are i stole my i stole my personality from an email from, oh i thought you were gonna say from your dog <laughs> no <laughs> my car dog yeah. your car dog yeah <laughs> um fantastic it's great having you on we will have you on again soon i don't know if we'll do episodes back to back or space them out a little bit but uh this is definitely part one of uh email marketing with uh with kelsey johnson of a weber and we will have more check out the show notes for more on kelsey kelsey anything to uh anything else one any last thing you want to leave the audience with yeah if you um are looking for an email platform uh you can try out a weber for free it's got a whole free level up to 500 subscribers some of the stuff that we talked about today isn't available on that free level but you might as well go check it out there's so much available with the free version of a weber and it's a w e b e r dot com so check it out and we'll have that in the show notes and you don't want all the bells and whistles anyway because you log on you're like i don't know what to do now give me two choices please um get get (laughs) used to the basic stuff and then you start adding on later once you build your list up uh larger fantastic thank you for coming on um and uh listeners thank you for listening to the if you market podcast and on behalf of the team here and kelsey johnson of aweber Oh, man, I'm going to double down on this again. Thank you for listening to the If You Market podcast, where we believe if you market the shit out of it with email, they will come. Are you looking for new leads or always in need of quality contacts for your marketing campaigns? But list companies and online tools are the worst, right? Well, then you've got to check out Top Data Search by Mountaintop Data. At Mountaintop Data, we're a team of weird people that actually like getting our hands dirty with sales and marketing data. And we specialize in business contact information. We compile and maintain a database of tens of millions of targeted high quality business decision makers with emails, phone numbers, mailing address, and all the information you need. Go to topdatasearch.com and request a free account with the promo code IYM1000, like if you market the podcast here, and get a free account with unlimited searches, no seat fees, and 1,000 free record download credits. That's topdatasearch.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.